Hello, you are about to listen to an episode of Dancers. I'm trying to tour more, so if you want me to do stand-up in your city, you can add your name to an email list I'm putting together. I'm going to put it in the description of this, and you can find it in my link tree on Instagram. Also, if you have any questions or comments, ways to make the podcast better, please email dancerspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Dancers. It's Sunday. How are we? Have we been drinking heavily since we heard of the passing of the Queen? Did we get up early at 6 and do a perennium sunning or whatever that's called, where you allow sun to hit what is colloquially called your taint? That is a thing. It exists. I've looked into it deeply. I've been spending a lot of time and research in letting you guys know, because here's the thing, every podcaster has to eventually become a health influencer. That's a necessity. That shows your podcast is growing. I don't have any products to sell, nor do I have any desire to begin selling health products, supplements, uh, synthetic testosterone. So I believe that my route is going to be to uh, sort of promote uh, sunning of your taint and asshole, and then I'll run seminars on that. And that'll generate the revenue for the podcast going forward. We'll be able to buy a studio off of that. We will be able to have a tiger in the room, chained up, of course, but just there to sort of give me an extra adrenaline kick to make my riffing and ideas sharper. I, on Friday did something that I haven't done in a really long time, and it really made me proud of myself and showed me growth. When we step away from something and then go back to it, sometimes we can feel bad, but other times we can feel the growth that we've established in the interim, right? I went to a party, like a house party, a legitimate, not for someone's birthday. They weren't much younger than me. It was people who were like 24, and... My buddy said, hey, let's go to this house party. It's walking distance from my place. And I was like, I'm not doing anything tonight. I took the night off comedy. And we walked to this house. They were doing something on the back patio. Nice kids. There was drinking games going on, which, hey, after, tw- after let's say, 23, to be generous, no more of those. We're done with that. Drink, drink out of your cup. You don't need to chug it anymore. You have nothing left to prove. No one is going to fuck you because of the amount you drink. No woman after the age of 23 is looking at you going, oh my God, did you see how fast that guy drank out? Do you see how quickly that guy became inebriated? I have become horny due to this. It's not going to happen. People are doing drinking games. I'm there with just my one friend, and then I know one guy at the party, and everyone else is a stranger. And... My buddy goes inside for a drink, and I become the one guy standing by himself at the party. Now, let's rewind to the age of 21. If I was put in that position, flop sweat immediately. My heart would start racing. I would start looking around, desperately trying to make eye contact with someone, desperately trying to find someone that I knew at the party, desperately trying to establish myself as someone who's not a loser, right? Because... There's a primal thing in people's heads 
where when they are alone or when you see someone alone, I think your initial reaction, now this is not to disparage anyone who does something alone, but I think a lot of people due to our own insecurity will see someone by themselves and immediately go, oh, there's somebody who doesn't know anyone, someone who's like not a social asset for lack of a better word. It's not a good thing to think, but I think it is something that a lot of people have inside of them. So I'm standing there by myself and I realize after a few minutes, oh, none of that is going through my head anymore. And I really had this magical moment and it's real it's it's really nice when it's not a put on this thought and feeling that I had was not something that I made myself feel or forced myself to feel. I truly in my soul felt who gives a fuck about these people? That's not to say the people there were mean or rude. They were all very nice. But deep in my soul, at the age of 27, maybe for the first time at this situation, standing alone by myself at the party, I was like, who gives a fuck if they think... They can think I'm the Unabomber. It does not affect my life in any way. Why would I care? Everyone here is a dumbass, as am I, of course. But it was this beautiful, sort of coherent eureka moment where I was like, oh, everyone here sucks in their own way. So the fact that I am sucking at this party affects nothing. And it's beautiful. I want to carry that into the rest of my life. And I know it kind of seems pessimistic and at its core it sort of is. But it's like everyone, everyone sucks. Why would I care about my contribution into the suck hole that is this dumbass party? When you really look around and you watch people interacting, it's like the same thing's going through their head or they're blackout drunk. And in that case, it's even worse. So why would I give a shit? And my friend came back. My heart rate didn't increase at all during this whole thing. And it was really, it was cool. And then I was like, hey, let's fucking leave. And he was like, yeah, totally. And we we were at this party for 15 minutes. And we fucked off. And it was the most powerful, liberating feeling. Because there was nothing in my head like, oh, everyone there thinks I'm a loser. Probably. Some people think I'm... Probably some people were like, what the fuck was the deal with that guy who was standing by himself and then left? Who cares? You want to know why? They're going to go back to their apartment and look at their phone hoping that the person at that party uh, that they wanted to text them texted them, and they didn't. They didn't text them. They're fucking someone else. Not every... You understand the analogy I'm making here. No one's really thinking about you. No, And if they do, they have a lot more problems going on. So it was a really nice experience going to a party, a house party as an adult, which has never been my environment. That has never been... My friends will be like, do you want to come to a party? I'm like, I can come. But it's... You're going to... If you at any point look at me and go, hey, why aren't you having fun? It's because I'm not. And I will not lie about that anymore. It's a really freeing feeling. If I go to a party and people are like, are you having fun? I'll just be like, no. And then when they get all like, oh, no, really? Why are you... It's, It's because this is an environment that is the least conducive to fun for me. No one is doing anything. Everyone is talking. I mean, I know that I sound like a a 14-year-old goth kid in a way, 
But fuck it, those kids were right in a lot of ways. Black is cool, and parties like that do suck. Let's give a little respect to the 14-year-old gods out there. They knew something we didn't, and that's how I feel. A few things happened over uh, the last few days. I mean, number one, the one that everybody is talking about, is the queen passed away, right? Queen of England uh, died. A lot of people were affected by it, I guess, emotionally. I have a bunch of comic friends, so everything I saw on social media was making fun of her. Everyone was just making fun of her. And some people uh, were commenting underneath saying, this is inappropriate, uh, too soon, things like that. And I understand both sides. Obviously, you know, being in comedy for as long as I have, especially if you're a comic, you're, you know, your job is essentially to make jokes and to try to make things funny, even if they don't seem immediately funny. So I understand that. And if you really love the queen, I don't know why you would, but I respect you. I'm not trying to diminish that. Like maybe it was someone that you looked up to since you were a kid or something and you see people making jokes and that offends you and you want to comment about it. Here's the thing. It's a basic argument that you need to sort out in your head before you get into these discussions of too soon or not too soon. Is anything, can can it be funny to make a joke after anyone dies? Not not just the queen, not just anyone. Can it possibly be funny? Just sort that out in your head. Can a joke after someone dies be funny? If your answer is no, it is never okay to make fun of someone after they die. Or immediately after they die, even if that's the stipulation you want, you want to agree. That's great, and that's your opinion, and you're beholden to your opinion. But if your answer is sometimes, you cannot clutch your pearls at people making fun of the Queen of England after she died. Because we're talking about someone who lived until 97 in a castle paid for by the uh, the people of England, essentially. And dude, I Googled, I did research, I talked to my friends who really know history, and I asked, what did she do? What is her impact? What is her legacy as a person? What did she, what, like, causes did she push for? What... What was she directly, what was she known for to have done? And everyone I talked to, and even Googling. Now, I would assume that the government of England or whatever, whoever is paying for Buckingham Palace, would throw something in there that a guy like me, a dumbass American who doesn't know shit about anything, can look up and go, what did the queen do? Literally, that is where I Googled. It is so offensive that I Googled that, but I didn't, I had no idea. I have no idea what she did, what she's known for. Nothing came up. Nothing. I I looked pretty extensively at different articles. It was literally like, she is, it was like this flowery language stuff where it's like, she was the heart of the country. She was, and when I re- I read everything, I was like, oh man, that seems like a cushy, being the heart of a country seems sort of like a cushy job. I say that to say this. If you, if you don't think it's okay to make fun of anything, anyone after they die, that's totally fine and it's your opinion. 
But if it is okay to make fun of anyone or make a joke about anyone, it has to be a woman who lived into her 90s in a palace paid for by taxpayers. That's not to say her life isn't valuable. All human life is valuable. But as far as like the too soon or not appropriate, it's like she lived as long a life as you can in as cushy circumstances as one can imagine due to her title. Her title is that of a ruling monarch. So she is essentially treated her whole life like a ruling monarch, but without any of the responsibilities that a ruling monarch used to have. If she had to be like, behead that guy, it's not good. I, I don't want anyone to be beheaded. But at least part of me would be like, okay, that seems like a strenuous position. I hope, I hope if you love the queen and the monarchy, you know, you don't take my uh, words here as being directly offensive towards you. But as far as modern times go, a royal family existing and now i'm not even saying get rid of buckingham palace i don't know maybe that does serve a purpose for people of england it's not i don't live in that country i have no opinions or maybe if you were to explain them to explain why we should get rid of buckingham palace i would i'm just saying as a dumb american looking at that situation from afar i go if anyone is to be made fun of after they pass, it is like warmongers, people who are clearly, you know, awful human beings, you know, even like in, in the United States, I don't think anyone, this, is, this isn't to compare the two in any way, but just as a example of someone dying and immediately being made fun of, Osama bin Laden, as, as soon as he passed away, whatever you thought about the war or whatever, we pretty much unanimously were like, this is funny, let's make fun of this guy. So it's not about death, it's about who the person is and who they represent to you. And I could see the queen being, just calling her the queen, the queen being a example to you of like sort of maybe in an oppressive re regime or someone to be poked fun of I can understand. That's all I'm saying is I get it. My comedian friends who made jokes about her after she passed away, I understand. People who are clutching their pearls about jokes about the queen, I can also understand if it's something that you hold sacred. I'm just giving that perspective of why maybe we should let people make fun of things sometimes. And some people will say, oh, well, what about when you die? What about, well, people might make fun of you. When I'm dead, now I'm alive, so I can read comments. It does sometimes hurt my feelings, right? When I'm dead, you have permission to tie my arms and legs up and reenact any play you want with me as a marionette puppet. I do not care. You can't get me on that stuff because I worked in a graveyard for an entire year I saw all of the pageantry of death that you could possibly see. I've seen every kind of funeral. I've seen every kind of, I've seen ones that are beautiful. I've seen ones that were completely no pomp and circumstance. I can tell you from seeing all of this, 
it does not matter to the person who is in the coffin. It only matters to the people outside. And I've, I've made every person who's close to me very, very aware that I do not care what happens to anything around my, my physical being or how people make fun of me after I die because I am dead. I, I hope, I pray to whatever God is up there that by the time I am dead, I have lived a life worthy of mass ridicule. And everyone should be striving for that. That's just how I feel. It is also the anniversary of 9-11, which I won't talk too much about uh, because I'm sure it's being talked about a lot. You know, I was not old enough to fully remember exactly what happened. I was at a weird age where I think anyone younger than me doesn't remember at all and anyone older than me fully remembers. I was just vaguely, it was just the vague knowledge that America was attacked and then the uh, very specific levels of racism that happened afterwards. I remember one of the weirdest things about 9-11, looking back on it, now that we have like hindsight, is that it was a national tragedy at such a high scale and magnitude that immediately transferred into a really ugly level of Islamophobia almost immediately. And to me, it's like, it's the perfect example of like hurt people hurt people. And I think that also translates at a national scale. And that's exactly what it was. And I think it's important, like, whenever national tragedies happen, which, you know, on the timeline, it looks like we're going at, are, are going to happen more and more. I think it's important that people sort of understand that it is almost, I would say, like, disrespectful to the memory of people who were lost in the tragedy to then transfer your sadness immediately into hurting someone else, especially people who don't deserve it. And that's sort of how it sticks to me. A lot of people think, you know, younger generations of people are disrespectful to the memory of 9-11. And I understand that. I understand, especially people who are directly affected, the sort of laissez or the, the casual nature of certain young people's uh, use of it. But that's that's also a form of lashing out. Because I think a lot of young people are jaded because we grew up and like when we started to be socially conscious, I think that was the same time that the nation sort of realized that, oh, our actions post 9-11 were very cruel and didn't really help the the, the thing we were angry at. So it, it's a funny, it's a difficult thing to talk about. It's a difficult thing to you know sort of delve into but i think just listening to each other listening to people who are on like you know remember it and understand it was a tragedy at national scale and then also listening to people who are like a, a tragedy certainly happened but our actions after that tragedy also were pretty cruel and it's sad can you just say that can we agree with that sad just a little sad. Anyway, let's move into some lighter material. Alabama mocks Texas with horns down celebration. So during a Alabama versus Texas football game, 
there was a celebration to make fun of the Texas players where Alabama, the Texas players do this thing called the hook'em horns where they put their horns up and the Alabama players put their horns down. And the coach of Alabama uh, was incredibly angry and frustrated with his players. And a lot of people were incensed uh, at the fact that these players were being so disrespectful. And if I can throw my two cents in, it was incredibly disrespectful. And I think football should remain an incredibly respectful sport where young men get brain damage. Um, I think that we should really focus on being incredibly respectful and having a level of decorum so these young men can very politely damage their own brains uh, for the acquisition of uh, glory and pussy. That's what we need in this. It is just so funny that there's a expected level of decorum during. And and I understand it because I watch boxing and kickboxing. That's what the second story is actually about. I watch like MMA and stuff. And I do really like when the guys shake hands and are polite to each other after. And I do get a little bit. But here's the thing. No, I'm going to go back on that. When they're really mad at each other after and they disrespect each other and they give them the finger. I'm like, yeah, they're crazy people. I respect them. I love uh, MMA athletes. I love boxers. You have to have a level of insanity to do that. Same with football. These people to think there has to be a level of respect to to be like you need to stand up straight and shake the hand of the man across from you, and both of you can deal with the medical repercussions of your actions later is just nuts to me. It's so bizarre, and honestly almost to the point of being funny because to live in this world where you go, well, we're going to have this sport organized where young men, I think now maybe they started getting compensation, but for years we're not getting compensated for their pay or for their, uh, their work directly. And now we know for sure are getting horrible, horrible concussions. You have to, it, it literally is a sport that selects for violence. Like you have to have a level of violence. You have to have a level of warlike mentality to play a game like that. And then to be like, but you have to be nice is just so nuts to me. It's Maybe someone can explain that to me, but it is just a little bit silly. See tried to have a memorial for the queen and it was met with booze and chants of usa i watch the ufc i i'm a fan of sports of a i'm a, I'm a fan of combat sports and people will say because you know i i don't really agree with a lot of the political ideology that surrounds uh mixed martial arts i whatever i don't think you have to to enjoy a thing but uh, i will say this it as a in a case for watching mixed martial arts i think it is one of the purest examples of a populist sport and by that i mean there is none of the decorum like I talked about previously in the UFC that's expected. Now, that's not to say there's no honor. Like a lot of fighters are very, uh, they have a lot of honor. A lot of fans of the UFC are great people and they do have a lot of honor. And a lot of them are psychopaths. And whether or not we want to accept it, America 
is in many ways to a very high extent a country of psychopaths so watching the ufc does sort of give you a glimpse into a microcosm of america that's actually a macrocosm of america so to see them because in the nfl they did the same thing and i'm sure maybe some people in the audience were chanting like that but certainly not to the degree and level that they were at the ufc and it's just so interesting to me because like the NFL has been long for a long time and is a very legitimate sport at this point. So there is a level of decorum to it. But the UFC has not been around for so long. It's still in some ways the Wild West. So you really get to see these are people and this is what, how they And I mean, they're like, hey, we're going to have we're going to have a moment because they're trying to get into uh like the modern timeline the ufc and part of being a modern respected sport is you have to have a tribute to the queen and the fans are just like nope sorry we're still this is still the wild west and uh we're not gonna have decorum for this one we're gonna boo and not to say that that's a good reaction but it's a very interesting thing to see and some things you don't have to agree with you just have to think are interesting and that was an interesting one this is a very uh, interesting question. It's something I do have opinions on. Um, what do you feel about high-value men slash the Manosphere movement don't hold back? This is a very funny question. So some people might not know what that is. It's it's this online movement, right? I don't know exactly when it came about. But the, the manosphere is basically like this big bubble of things that comprise everything from like pro-men stuff to advocacy for like fathers in, uh, in divorce court to straight up misogyny. It's like a really weird collective group and a lot of different kinds of groups in it. I read this interesting book about it called Kill All Normies, which isn't it's not what it sounds like. It's a very sort of uh, academic text about like the rise of the alt-right and how the Manosphere movements sort of happened in conjunction with the alt-right and stuff. I personally have a connection to this because I was not into the, the deep like, you know, Manosphere stuff, but I did when I was in college watch Pickup Artist Guys, which I guess is sort of like an introductory level of this i broke away from it because i kind of slowly realized that the guys i was watching were very weird and creepy and listening and watching that stuff does not actually help you with women and that the functionality issue is a big one for me because i think a lot of young men are being sold on this idea of well if you listen to these guys like like let, let's back up a lot of people now are growing up in this very socially detached country, right? Like we're we're incredibly more and more people aren't socializing enough, which means there are a lot of like unsocialized people, but I think human beings have this natural desire to be social creatures. We have a natural desire to be like valued by people around us and and all that stuff. Now, the, this causes a rift, which I felt when I was younger, where I wanted to be this very gregarious, like, quote unquote, alpha person 
this is when I was like 18, 19, which I think is the age a lot of people get into this or younger. But I saw the world around me did not reflect that. People didn't appreciate me in the way I thought they should appreciate me. I realized later on that's obviously like a very petulant way of thinking. And I kind of fell into this thing where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to learn. I'm going to get all these self-help books, some of which are good, some of which are bad, the self-help stuff. And the self-help stuff kind of got me into the, like, pickup artist stuff. And it was all this, you know, pseudo-science-y, this is why you need to uh, have alpha posture at all time because high-value women seek out high-value men and all this stuff. My issue with it is on a couple reasons. One, a lot of it is completely baseless and does not actually help you. I, I found uh, that sort of just growing up and being patient and understanding that like time will catch up with you and if you have good habits and discipline you can eventually and a lot of here's the thing about manosphere shit that a lot of people don't know because obviously you see the dark parts of it which are very dark and i think it should be avoided as a whole but the reason a lot of young men get into it is some of the messaging is actually helpful like some of the messaging is literally like you have to have a routine and you have to work really hard at stuff but it the thing about that shit is that shit you can kind of get anywhere you can get that from tony robbins you don't need to listen to a guy who's also like and also women belong in the fucking kitchen like you don't need that part of it but they can sell you in on those things that everybody does actually need and does help and then eventually you're in this like weird misogyny realm which is here here's the interesting thing if i can just speak and i doubt anyone who's in that world is going to listen to this that is its own form of the same level of cowardice that you are being taught to hate by being on that side of things like the hating women shit is its own form of petulance and cowardice because you're going i feel like i deserve to have women and that's not coming to fruition to me so fuck them like that's the mindset that goes into this sort of thing and the issue with that is you're skirting responsibility a and b you're not being a self-actualized person because you're basing your worth on attention from other people that's literally what that is and i think like there's spiritual practice stuff that can yield way better results than manosphere shit. There's self-help stuff that can yield way better results. It's just this really dark road a lot of men get led down. And the last thing I'll say about this is this is a personal thing that I feel. Fear leads to fundamentalism. That's something that I always think and I always come back to and I've observed it a lot in my life. It's something that I just see as true. But whenever you see someone who's afraid, what they're going to attach themselves to are fundamentalist. And I don't mean fundamentalist like religious fundamentalist. I'm, I'm literally saying the, the concept of fundamentalist principles like I'm really scared. So I'm going to go in the path. I'm going to go back. I'm going to move back, whether that be so uh, like societally back or sociologically back. I'm going to go back and I'm going to res resort to following like a strict instead of finding my own way. 
I'm going to like go to this fundamentalist system of well this and then this and then this and then I'll be good and then that's all I need and it's this it's complete fear but when you break yourself from that and you, and you can take some principles of like discipline's important all that stuff but instead what you're doing is you're going back to this fundamentalist idea of misogyny which is like women women should be in the kitchen and they should be cooking for you and that's how your life should be your life should be women shouldn't be people they should be like you know the objects that you win by by beating the game of masculinity which it's it doesn't play out like that in real life women whether you like it or not are more self-actualized and they most of them don't put up with that shit sure you can find some that do and if that matches up that's great but to try to fit yourself into this mold of misogyny in order to hopefully it's it's psycho to think that that is a good thing to sell to people especially young people and that's why i'm i really do get upset when i see people peddling that shit because they know it doesn't work either. They know that shit doesn't work. And they they do it anyway because it sells and because it's money and because young people are very impressionable and all that shit. So it, that's how I feel about it in a nutshell. I feel like they, they trap you in with these sort of like principles that are universal, which is that like having a plan is important, being dedicated to something, having passions, like all that is good. But then they fucking get you down this wormhole where eventually you're like, and also fuck women and blah, 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 and they, they should be subservient. And it's like, my, my thing is, do you want some like subservient woman to like, like, how does that make you happy? Uh, how does that make you more happy than like a self-actualized woman liking you and enjoying your presence? Because that's that seems more... I I feel like maybe I'm just talking shit at this point. I maybe I'm I'm not coming across well, but that those are sort of my stream of consciousness thoughts on that subject. I hope that was helpful. Thank you guys for listening. Um, this was another ranty one. Maybe we liked it. Maybe we didn't. Whatever. Anyway, have a good one.